0: Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 211. It is Brando. Coming up shortly, we're going to be speaking with Sully Erna of Godsmack. It's going to be a special episode as we talk about some important stuff. Uh, we we'd often talk about, other than, of course, GNR on this podcast, mental health. Mental health comes up a lot. So uh, Sully and friends, when I saw he was putting this on, I had to speak with him. Uh, He has a great lineup, including a former guest of ours, uh, Clint uh, Lowry from Seven Dust, uh, live from the living room, streaming on YouTube.com slash Sully Erna. Uh, You can find out all the information on uh, Facebook.com slash the Scars Foundation, happening August 6th, so tomorrow as you are hearing this, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So let's just get right into it, because I'm looking forward to it. I've met Sully a couple times. I don't know if he remembers. But I haven't interviewed him, obviously, on this show yet. Hey, Sully, how are you doing today? Good. how Are you? I guess it's kind of a loaded question. It's kind of a normal greeting, but how are is, how is anybody today? Uh, yeah, I, all good, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about the uh, the event live from the living room and your your uh, your foundation, uh, the the Scars Foundation. But I'm just curious. I mean, you do so many interviews. I don't know if you re- recall. It might have been like before we were actually, when we were actually allowed to see people, uh, this is when mm-hmm. Godsmack was in Tribeca. You were doing a performance at the iHeartRadio Theater and you had a couple okay. And you had a couple of interviews uh, that day. You had to go up like a flight and I interviewed you about like the 90s. It was like 90s rock. And we were in a, a room that I may have told you like sometimes uh, Brian Seacrest uh, b- broadcasts out of, I, I, I have a cane. I don't know if any of this is ringing a bell at all i don't know vaguely that's okay i just want to acknowledge because i'm posting and so i don't seem like a weirdo because i'm posting a a picture of you and i when we met like a couple years ago but i don't think at the time when we met because i would have spoken to you about this when did you start the scars foundation when did that start
1: um probably about just a little less than a year and a half ago it was I want to say March or April of 2019.
0: That's okay. So I, that makes sense, yeah. I guess, because I didn't, uh, when I interviewed you, you this didn't start. So, but this, it's it really hits right. home for me, uh, Sully, because on this podcast, I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about rock and roll and, and, and cool things, but I did a whole episode about depression with uh, former Guns N' Roses manager, Ellen Niven, and I talk about mental health often so if you can if you can tell us about the the scars foundation how it started and and some of the the, the things that you provide so
1: let me uh let me just step inside here real quick because i was putting some stuff in my truck um that's okay to go down the studio in a little bit to prep some stuff and we're possibly going to go on the air again today to just pump this thing up a little bit more but um
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, time.
1: so, yeah, no worries. Um, so, yeah, so the Scars Foundation was something that popped up inspired um, by when I wrote the song Under Your Scars, because the subject in that song deals with people needing to accept their flaws, their They're battle wounds from life. These things that are imperfect about them, whether they're physical or emotional scars. And um, the song kind of addresses that. You know, it's kind of more about like, hey, I can, you know, I can live with your damage if you can live with mine because we all have this stuff. And uh, there's too many people out there that just think they're alone and that they think this is a unique problem and that they're the only ones who are going through it. No one would understand which is what every person, millions of people deal with when they have these mental illness kind of situations, whether it be severe depression or suicidal tendencies or being bullied or recovery addiction, that kind of stuff. So it's a very isolated feeling, right? And it goes internal and you get real dark. And, um, and so this song was kind of a song more about the hope of knowing that, hey, we're all imperfect and it's okay to be imperfect. It's exactly the way you're supposed to be. So show your scars loudly and proudly. And when that whole kind of theme to the song came about, it really struck a nerve with me because, um, or a chord, I should say, it struck a chord with mm-hmm. me because it really rang true to like realizing that that's probably if I had any true life experience with anything, right? Because I wasn't, fortunately, I wasn't affected by someone who passed away of cancer or AIDS or something like that, Um And not that those aren't serious subjects, but I just personally was never affected by it because it never happened in my family so far. Um, So I always wanted to do a charity. I always wanted to have a foundation, but I was just trying to think of what it was and where I could give back, where my expertise lied. And that's where it was for me. And that's when it all kind of dawned on me that like, you know what? I grew up as an inner city kid battling drugs and guns and violence and crime and gangs And I faced so many challenges growing up um, and it left a lot of these kind of damages, you know, the not having a great household to grow up in, parents divorcing at a young age, being very physically abusive to each other. Um, All that stuff kind of creates damage, right? And then as you grow older, you don't know what it is that's tipping you upside down. But for me, it was realizing after I went through two years of hospitalizations from having severe panic attacks and anxiety attacks and things like that, that it was all these kind of things that build up. So you're taught to be strong. You're taught to survive. You're taught to stuff all the stuff down. You can't show weakness on the streets. Um, and it comes back to, it, to bite you in the ass later, like <clears throat> as if you stuffed a lot of vegetables and broth into a pressure cooker and screwed the lid down and turned up the heat. Eventually it's going to explode. And so these panic attacks were, my body's way of saying like you need to release some of the stuff. And so that's kind of how the scars foundation was born. I wanted to spend my time giving back in a way where it helps people that deal with any of these categories. And I think we might even be one of the first nonprofits in America right now that deals with multiple categories, not just one specific category like cancer or AIDS or whatever the, the category is. We deal with severe depression and everything that funnels people into severe depression. So whether that's PTSD, you know, again, bullying, addiction, suicidal tendencies, things like that, all those things are kind of what funnels people in depression. And depression is what eventually hurts people. It's the the silent killer, right? So after losing so many great artists and good friends of ours, suicide and, and addiction and things like that, I just felt like this was the best home for me to give back and lend my experience and try to get people to, you know, start coming forward and being vocal about this, um, these anxieties, and mental illnesses that they carry, you know, because that's when we can give them help. When it stays silent, it's when it's tough to identify. I lost a friend who, um, we never even knew he had a problem. He was just always a great life of the party kind of guy. Never even knew he took medication for depression. Like it's that quiet sometimes and then one day I get a phone call and he took his life. And I'm like, we never even knew he had a problem. So it's a silent killer and you have to you have to make it you have to get it to be vocal. And the only way to get it to be vocal is to do things like this and get other people to step up and speak about it and share their stories in hopes that they'll inspire other people to come forward and share their stories. And I think that's the only way we'll make a dent in it.
0: And I agree with you, and I also thank you because my listeners know, and as I mentioned, I talk about it, uh, as obviously uh, Chris Cornell's passing and, and Chester Bennington's uh, passing and Scott Weiland's passing has affected us all, it affected me, really. it hit, really uh, hit home for me because I lost my, my father the same way as Chris and Chester. It was about uh, a year before Robin Williams, um, uh, unfortunately, lost his, his battle as well. So, and and I've also, I mean, I've been in therapy for nearly a decade and I, I wish that something like this was so in the forefront when I was younger. I think this is great. And we're finally talking about it now. Uh, but, um, so can you tell me about, I guess the, the, the roster that you have uh, lined up because you have some other names on there that have also spoken about uh, mental health. So can you just tell us uh, who's going to join you from the living room?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I had the opportunity just to kind of kill my own boredom so I didn't spin out of control and just go crazy sitting in these years of COVID and isolation, which is probably the worst place for people to sit. Yep. And the worst thing that could have happened to this world right now for the people who do deal with, you know, depression and isolation and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, For me, it was just about keeping myself busy. And so I created this show on YouTube called Hometown Sessions. And we just had some fun with it. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously. We wanted to talk about the Scarf Foundation and help people when we can. Other episodes were more geared towards hanging with the boys, having fun, laughing, joking around about stuff, and just killing time, a little bit of performances here and there. Um, And so to all the guests that that came on, um, they were all gracious enough to donate a really cool, raw, intimate performance um, sometimes more electric and amped up, other times they stripped down and acoustic. But they're all unique in their own way. And the performances that we'll see tomorrow night um, will be uh, from everyone from Clint Lowry from Seven Dots, Mike and Adam from Saint Asonia, which Mike Mushok is from stained and uh, Adam is from um, Three Days Great. Right. Yeah. Uh, they have they have a project called Saint Asonia. So they're gonna they're gonna do a performance. We have performances by Nuno Bettencourt, who is a guitar legend. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brent and Zach from Shine Down, um, Aaron Lewis. Um, I think Taylor Momsen's going to be coming on just to chat with us and catch up wow. and say hi to everyone. Um, you know, and so it's going to be a pretty pretty good lineup like that. Uh, Zach from Shine Down is going to come on and say hi and talk a little bit. Well, what's coming up for them? Papa and Roach, we're too, right? Some of the- Papa Roach, yep. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby came on the show, um, which was a really fun show. And um, so they're going to do a performance. And uh, yeah, we're going to just be, you know, it's going to be kind of like the Jerry Lewis telethon style <laughs> where we're just going to keep going until at least midnight where we're going to talk to people, you know, talk to some listeners. We're going to, try to keep ramping up the donations. We're going to keep ramping up the auction bids um, for some of these really special and rare uh, musical instruments that we're putting up for auction. They come from our personal collection and have recorded some really famous records of ours and have uh, been on tour with us and TV appearances and all kinds of history behind these guitars and drums. Um, and you know, recap some of the episodes and look at some of the best times of all the stuff we did when people came on and just that kind of thing. And just, you know, see where it goes from there. A lot of it is just going to be kind of spur of the moment. We'll see where it goes. But, um, I think really if people are tuned into this and want to come on board, my biggest piece of advice would be try to find a way to connect your phone or your laptop to your TV with your stereo system, because you can really make a cool evening out of this with your family and turn it up and listen to some great music and, you know, have a few laughs. And hopefully we'll, you know, be able to generate a lot of money for the Scars Foundation.
0: You know, and you're you're saying, I, I know what you're, you're, you're going to put on and it's, uh, it's, I, I laugh just because, and my listeners are going to laugh as well because every Wednesday right now, uh my, and this ties into a lot of things that we're talking about because you mentioned a uh, quarantine is a very difficult time for those who are alone and dealing with it. I'm telling you, Sully, if this happened during any other point in my life, I don't know if I would have survived it, but I'm glad yeah. I've, I've been in therapy and I'm at a point where I'm in a healthy relationship. I have three cats. So, but I know if this <laughs> happened, <laughs> maybe even three years ago, I, 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 shudder to think, but so, but anyway, so speaking of the, the girl that I live with, my girlfriend, she every Wednesday she puts on a live stream. She connects our laptop to Dave Matthews. There's a Dave Matthews stream. I'm not a Dave Matthews oh. guy. I, I respect. I respect him. It's just not my thing. I usually put on a horror movie on my laptop and just to spend time with her. Yeah. So I just yeah. think that's a and because you're right. That's exactly what we do for whether it was uh Ringo's birthday. You know, we just hook up the laptop and put it on, and I think it's fantastic. Is there? Because uh, yeah. I know I I know I, I got you just before you're going to the studio. I won't keep you up for too much longer. Is there... Oh, like, okay. Is, well, thank you. I, I appreciate... Uh, is there any people that you've reached out to or want to reach out to? Because I'm, I'm hoping this becomes a thing. For obviously a variety of reasons, for all the good work you do. But this seems to be like, this is going to be my entertainment versus watching Dave Matthews. I'm going to make her watch this.
1: <laughs> Why? Do we compete on the same night? Is he on Thursdays?
0: Uh, actually, no. I'll I'll let's see, yeah, cause it's it's on since it's on a Thursday. I guess I have to watch Dave Matthews tonight. Oh, well, I, <laughs> damn. All right. Oh, well, he's
1: on every night,
0: just every Wednesday. It's been going on for months. Oh, and gotcha, he, and yeah. he does it for charity as well, uh, which is great. It's just not, you know, I would prefer to see Godsmack a Papa Roach. Like that's more my my alley. But you know, as long as the, yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm curious, whether it even be Dave Matthews, is there somebody, you know, are there friends of yours? Because you know everyone that you want to get maybe in the future that maybe you had to turn away because you can't, you know, this is not going to be a 24-7 broadcast.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I really wanted to get Lizzie Hale and Joe on there. She's such a great natural talent. I thought it would have been great to get a performance from her or have her check in. She'd be really great if she could come on board. Um, You know, there's there's a few artists out there I asked. Uh, disturbed just flat out declined, which I thought was kind of lame, but whatever. They got their own thing going on, and so be it. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, Lizzie definitely was someone that that um, I was hoping to be able to see at some point. where trying to reach out and see if uh, what you know what's going on with her schedule. If she'll be able to check in. Um, so you know, there's a lot of cool bands out there. Um, you know, it's just everybody's kind of doing their thing right now, and I'm not sure you know, who will be available and who won't, but again, we're going to just play it by ear. I know we have enough right now to really make this a very full evening. I cannot see this thing being any less than three or four hours to begin with. So, right. you know, it's definitely going to, I have to predict it's going to go from eight to at least midnight. Um, and that's, you know, that's a pretty good amount of time. People got to, you know, get up in the morning with their kids and all that as well. well. Otherwise I would, I would just do this 24 hours for a whole week and um, just really pump up, you know, the, the, the money as much as I can because, you know, I really want to set a minimal goal of a hundred thousand dollars and we're not even close to that yet. We're not even at 10%. So I'm really hoping tomorrow is a big night for us and we just need to get as many people jumping on board, making a donation, you know, having a good time. And, and for that, you know, I'm offering to give them all this great entertainment, um, you know, for a small price and it's, you know, it's at your free will. So I know some people are, in the herd box or whatever, but, you know, whatever they can do, if it's $5, $10, or, you know, $10,000, it's you know, it's whatever they're comfortable with, but at least contribute something for the amount of effort we put in to bring this kind of entertainment
0: for you. Well, you can think about it. Uh, these, this would be the money that you would have spent on concerts this summer. So now you're putting it towards yeah. something else, right?
1: Yeah. It's good entertainment. Like I said, you'll have some laughs get serious about a couple things. You'll see some really great performances, really unique, like tailored just for these people for this specific show. Like, they did this just for you guys. They did this just for the fans. You know, they boxed it on acoustic and they they just took their time to to deliver something that you know, they thought people would enjoy and see it stripped down and raw and literally live from their living room.
0: Obviously, this this is an undertaking and and your your passion may be doesn't make it seem like it's a, a job for you, but you're putting, this is a lot obviously a lot of work. Um, before I let you go, I'm just curious, in addition to uh, live from the living room and the Scarvers uh, Foundation, are you working on anything else in quarantine or maybe any sort of hobbies that you're doing, you're picking up during, a, you know, to keep you uh, sane that you're that's you're, you're doing at home?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always doing something right now. I'm just trying to wrap up this hometown sessions episode and make sure it's, you know, we, we do, um, as much as we can. And then, uh, you know, I do things on the side. I, I have a small muscle car collection that I'm always into and trying to, you know, find cool cars that I've enjoyed from my childhood, and my past, that, you know, just looking for certain cars and, um, things like that. Uh, you know, I box, I do a lot of boxing on the side for my workout. So that keeps me busy and keeps me in shape. Um, and other than that, you know, we're just starting to get ready to write more music now for the Godsmack record. And we're going to try to maybe even do two albums next year. So there's an acoustic EP and a full length rock record. Ooh. And I might even work with a solo band to do some solo stuff. So I got a lot going on and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's better to stay busy, I believe, than to stay bored. Bored <laughs> gets you in trouble.
0: You are absolutely right. You couldn't be more right. And my this podcast keeps me sane. It's crazy, but so uh, everything you're doing is fantastic. I love the the lineup you're putting together. Not just again on an entertainment value, but the great work you're doing for the the Scars Foundation. Uh, I encourage people to go to youtube.com/slash the uh, Sully Erna uh, to watch it, and facebook.com/slash the Scars Foundation to find out all the information about uh, all the auctions going on and about the foundation itself. Um, Sully. This was great. Uh, I I hope you're you're doing well. I hope I get to see you. Um, I hope I get to see anybody on the road soon. Uh, just just best of yeah. luck and keep doing it.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks, Sully. All right, have a good night.
0: You too. It's odd every time I meet Sully or, or even speak to him on the phone, and <laughs> I will never say this uh, to him. I he might be the only rock star I've met who's shorter than me. But I'm intimidated by him, <laughs> and he's always so nice. He's really nice. He's a nice guy. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because what he talks about growing up on the streets. Maybe he just admit uh, admits that that I know. You know, if I, I look at him wrong, he could he could drop me like a dime or something like that. But he's he's been such a, he's such a nice guy. When I to get to meet him and, and it's talking to him now, and I wanted to do an episode, kind of how uh, what I mentioned to Sully it's talking to Alan Niven about depression, you know, not really focusing on GNR stuff right now, but this goes along the, the same line uh, as this podcast, uh, you know, uh, the same line line of thinking that we we often discuss. And you know, I, I said to Sully at the beginning, you know, sometimes if you say, "Hey, the guy with the cane," people remember, and I don't fault him. He, the guy does so many interviews; he meets so many different people. That's why I, I whenever you see me post a picture with a celebrity uh, I just happen to meet them maybe interview them but I'm not friends with any of them <laughs> I'm like real friends it's it's nice that I've become friendly with Doug Goldstein or Alan Niven and Roberta Friedman. you know friendly so I certainly don't expect that I've I've met Sully actually twice I've interviewed him once I don't expect him to remember me but again I't you know, 30-something-year-old kid with a cane, maybe, remember, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, But this ties into, I only had him for a limited time, you you heard him, you know, he's in between studios and interviews and all that stuff. Uh, It's like I have the emotional scars of what he's talking about, many of you do too as well, and I have some of the physical, whether they're from nerve biopsies or... Uh, I don't like the fact that I uh, bring this up because I, I will. I am still embarrassed by it, but it's already out there with the interview with Mike Squires from from Loaded when he first came on that I spoke about uh, my uh, hair transplant scar in the back of my head, and that was because that was the same time in my life where I had to accept that I had to walk with a cane, you know, after having leg braces, and it's like, am I going to lose? I'm losing my hair, and I need a fucking cane right now. I can't handle both, and the hair seemed fixable. Now it's stupid because bald is beautiful, and, and it was just such a a, a waste. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, it's important to talk about because everything he, I, it's it's the it's what I felt watching like the November Rain video or reading the lyrics to Estranged. Why I became such a GNR fan. It's those lyrics certain bands help you get through those times. Which obviously was not enough for me considering the therapy route and all that stuff that I've spoken about on this show and including with uh with Sully still taking medication. Sixty milligrams of Cymbalta. Hell yeah. Rock and roll. I joke because that's how I how I deal with it. Um I I feel better about joking about it now, making light of certain things I go through now because I've been through the trenches and I'm aware that it could happen again and and knowing that I can come out of it. Um, But it's difficult. We need the escape, you know, if you are suffering. And for concerts, and for I should say for many concerts, are that escape, you know, to to bond with the music that you love, to bond and meet new people that have similar interests in you. I, I know many of you are suffering out there just by not being able to see Guns N' Roses, as silly as they may that may sound on the surface, but they bring people joy, obviously. So before we get out of here on this uh, special uh, episode of the AFD show, uh, I, I want to mention because they, Guns N' Roses has put out, and if you follow on social media, uh, you know I've talked about it, that they have announced the rescheduled dates for North America and Europe. Uh, I don't know if it's worked out for me yet. my New Jersey date, which I am holding on to the ticket, is now on a Thursday. I think it was supposed to it was supposed to be on a Saturday a few weeks ago. you know Saturday night concert great now a Thursday. however, when compared to some others who uh their city couldn't be rescheduled, oh that sucks that sucks so to combat that a lot of bands have as we know put on. Live uh, streaming uh, events or old concerts. Uh, Metallica Mondays has been going on. uh, As I keep talking about fucking Dave Matthews. I mean, Dave Matthews. uh, Obviously, Sully and Friends. Guns N' Roses. uh, I don't know. They they put out uh, eight songs, right? The first Not In This Lifetime Select was three. I think the next one was five. Yeah, I'm going through this in my head. Obviously, Uh, first one was 15 minutes because I was so I was angry about it. Okay, then there was it was 30, so 45 minutes they put out of not in this lifetime. And Sully is putting on a four-hour performance tomorrow. You know, I I don't want to be one of those fan sites or fannies. I think it's called fannies. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to leave that in. I'm not going to edit that out. Uh, That that gets really negative about the band. I'm not going to beat them about new music. It's if it's going to happen, which I believe it will, it'll happen. Uh but I want to be able to enjoy this band while I'm kind of stuck at home. I mean, yes, I'm working a lot. My my work keeps me busy. Not I'm not just talking about this podcast. My my work work. Uh but I want to be able to enjoy Guns N' Roses and see them. There there's this nothing online and I don't know why they they're they're not. So now apparently uh I'm not a huge Reddit guy. Uh I'll put it out there. If somebody is a a big Guns N' Roses uh Reddit guy and want to kind of give us like a Reddit report. Um that's an idea for a segment. So Fernando ha- Guns N' Roses' manager has gone on there at times and answered questions, which is great. And I, I I see a lot of it being translated through. I follow a lot of Spanish-speaking uh, sites. I find those to be the most active of the Guns N' Roses sites, believe it or not. Uh, that right now, the Not In This Lifetime selects are suspended indefinitely. Was that the verbiage? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, why? Like why? I, I just, again, there, there's so much out there that they could be putting, you know, old performances, live versions of, you know, things that may not, that would not ruin a future release of a potential release of a new album, a, a user illusion, celebration, disc, anything. And they don't. I, I, I don't know why. I wish I knew why. Um, They'll, they'll put out, they're putting out the, the vinyl of the greatest hits. I never bought that. I know it's an album that's broken all kinds of records, you know, for, for most weeks ever on a, a chart. It's like top five or only one of only out al- five albums to spend. You know, I wish I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's been massively successful. So why not put it out on a vinyl? But why now? Like, what do you, why? What is there? I I don't know. I mean, I know people will, will buy it. Um, I don't want to speak, go down that route. Cause I'm the only vinyl I have, which was just for a collector's edition reasons was for is Chinese democracy. So it has nothing to do with with vinyl, but that's the, that's the new, that's the new thing. That's uh, we're getting. Uh, You could put a bonus track on there. Why not? Why not? But I don't know these things. I don't know the behind the scenes. Um, I try to learn when I speak to Doug Goldstein and Alan Niven and and see how they the manager mindset goes. But until I speak with, which, you know, I only put out there in in hope. Uh, He certainly has uh, no reason to. He doesn't have to. He, meaning Fernando, uh, would love to have Guns N' Roses management on the show. Not to hit him with the hard questions. I know some of you don't like that I don't ask hard questions. I want people to enjoy themselves. This isn't fucking nightline. This isn't you know, that we're talking about a rock band. If they want to go deeper into certain details about things on their own, great. I'm not usually gonna pry for, for that information. I just want people to have fun. I can see how the conversations go each time. Uh but I will until I actually have some sort of interaction with the management, it's just so I I can't go all in and just rip them to the shreds. Cause it's it's kind of made me a little disheartened to, to see I see again. I, I told you I, I follow a lot of Spanish-speaking um, fan sites on Facebook, and it's interesting when you see memes in a language that you don't speak. I usually find them funny anyway, uh, but there's a lot of them aimed at Fernando and like the management, and it's just like, whoa, man! There's a lot of there's a lot of, and I don't like this to use this word, but it seems like there's a lot of hate out there. First of all, there shouldn't be hate for this person who is a manager of your favorite rock band. I mean, what is he really doing to you to make you hate him? You can dislike a person. You no, know, I guess you know I may uh, dislike a certain player or a manager in sports, but do I hate them? You know, unless they're a, a bad person, you know, unless they turn into a, uh, you know, Marty Jannetty. You should. Uh, my wrestling people who who listen. Sorry, it's topical. Marty Jannetty, former WWE, WWF wrestler, former tag team partner with Shawn Michaels, may have confessed to a murder on his Facebook. I was like, wow, I'm reading this as as I'm talking. What a world. So yeah, unless you're like that, you don't have to hate somebody. But I don't even, I don't know them. Whenever I've gotten... Uh, kind of like a statement or a request or, or some sort of criticism by them about this show. it's always through a third party and it's never it's never anything for it's substantial for me to hold on to again, it's always through, through a third person. So I just can't go all in but I have to say why do we only have 45 minutes of of live uh, of live video from not in this lifetime? I I don't understand it again we we are all stuck here for what four or five months at home again I'm lucky that I get to do my radio job from home I get to have, I have a secondary part-time job that i I've always done from home so I, I I do that and then my podcast I do from home keeps me busy uh you know i I have cats to attend to i, I you know I watch stuff on Netflix. i you know i I get to i I'm okay but there are so many I see of my listeners I'm just like they're they're so thirsty for for something, something to to because they would normally be spending their time going to concerts. I think that people don't realize these are blocks of time people don't have now. Not just the three hours, two and a half, whatever a concert may be. It's the travel. Maybe okay for me, it's driving the the hour to New Jersey from Queens or whatever. But there are people who travel all over their country or all over the world to see Guns N' Roses. Every, whenever they tour, not even from not in this lifetime, but going back to any era, whenever they toured, I don't know if any, I mean, there are, I guess there are other bands like that, but even when Axel was, you know, seemed to be flying the GNR flag solo with his, he still had fans, dedicated fans going all over the world to see him. So, I get it. It's frustrating. But what I, I can't speak for is, yeah, the, is management the easy blame? Uh, I always use sports analogies. When a change needs to be made or fans are calling for a change, I should phrase it that way. You know, they blame the manager. They blame the coach. Maybe they start blaming, blaming ownership. But sometimes you have to blame, blame the players. Maybe Axel just doesn't want to Put it out there. Maybe he just enjoys touring, and that's it. Maybe he just doesn't want to do much else. Okay, if that's the way he is, okay. I I I, I guess it would be easier to accept if he flat out just said it, so we all wouldn't keep our hopes up <laughs> for certain things. But uh, until some sort of statement is made like that, uh. I just wouldn't put all my eggs in that hate basket for management. It's I get, I'm frustrated too, but I'm seeing a lot of these memes out there. Uh, And you know, it's team Brazil when you're, you're, you're seeing, it must not feel good. These seeing their these memes in their own language, their, their, their first language. I don't know. It's the internet's a scary place. And we're talking about depression on this episode and, uh, I think it was a recent interview with uh, one of Chester Bennington's old tan, uh, bandmates from the band Grey Days, with, which was his band before Linkin Park. They actually put out some music with, uh, if you don't know, with uh, some of old Chester's vocals. And it sounds so good. I miss his voice. Uh, uh, that he said he believes that uh, the criticism to Linkin Park's album, uh, was it One More Light? the the last one that they put out really affected him now it could be you could say like oh you know get over it or a lot of artists put out bad albums but if if there's a lot of variables there if if you are already depressed you don't know I could push you it's so i'm not going to paint with a broad brush but you know if you're saying all these shitty things like that's kind of fucking it must not, i don't know if it feels good being fernando i i don't know he goes, I, I would be afraid to go on uh, these Reddit chats or forum chats, but he does at times, which is cool. Wish Axel would come back. Anyway, now I'm just talking to myself. This is what quarantine does. <laughs> so I appreciate you all hanging out for another edition of Appetite for Distortion. So please follow on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show at The AFD Show on Twitter or Appetite for Distortion on uh, Instagram. Of course, wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe, share, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spreaker. Uh, If you found us through uh, Q1043's website, q1043.com, New York's Classic Rock, or AlternativeNation.net. Very much appreciated as well. So, until next time, when will you see the next episode of the AFD show? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No! Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.